Well, well, well. This Tennessee football team, it's pretty good. 5-0, 2-0 in SEC play, coming off just a butt whooping on the bayou. 40-13. to Everything that was Tennessee's win over LSU, that's coming up right now on Monday's Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A good Monday morning, everybody, and welcome into it. This is Locked On Balls, your go-to Tennessee Volunteers podcast each and every day, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And I'm your host, Eric Kane. I write for VolQuest.com. That is the Tennessee affiliate of the On3 Network. And of course, I am your host right here of Locked On Balls. Please subscribe to the show on YouTube if you haven't already. Got a big push last week. We're already well past 4,000 subscribers, so can't thank you enough there. Let's continue on for the March for 5,000. And of course, you can find this anywhere you find your podcast. Completely free to listen to. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Got a monster show coming up. It's our Monday show. It's it's built in. You know, we're biggest takeaways from Tennessee's 40 to 13 win over LSU on the Bayou. That's coming up right now. Uh, we'll get some scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That'll be in segment two. And then some stats and caner grades where I sit down and I grade every single position group for Tennessee. That is coming up in segment number three. But first, I, I just I want to be real with you guys right now. Listen, you guys know I like to pull the curtain back and I like to I like to be real with you because that's why I, I think the show is so successful. Um, hopefully, my boss over at Locked On is not going to be air checking me for this because he doesn't want me saying this. But you guys know how it is. I mean, I, I pre-record the night before and I get it out there, you know, about 11, 11 o'clock central, you know, midnight Eastern, somewhere around there, um, because I want you guys to have it. I know some of you crazy cats listen to it live or watch it live on on uh, on YouTube when it drops, which is awesome. Uh, but I want you guys to have it when you're on your way to work in the morning, okay? Um, so I just find it better for me. It's been successful that time, so I just continue to do it. Uh, at the time of this recording, when I'm actually recording this, it is it is like 11 o'clock Eastern time on a Sunday night, all right? I have been, I mean, I've been up since 3.45 in the morning. I left Baton Rouge, headed to the airport at 4 a.m., and I've been, I, I traveled all morning long. I went straight to Lindsey Nelson Stadium, and I covered whew, 18 innings of fall baseball. Love me some Tennessee baseball, and of course, covering that. I uh, had a blast, and and of course, did did some you know Sunday regular work for uh, VolQuest.com. Did my cha- tape check article, and I went back and I watched and I graded, and I made comments about Tennessee's football game. That columns at VolQuest.com if you want to check it out. I did the live show, the Rocky Top Rewind with Brent Hubbs. We had Leonard Little, Leonard Little on that show. So if you haven't already, make that uh, one of your watches or listens uh, sometime today after. Locked on balls and of course locked on SEC, but it's been a busy day. It, it, you know, my my fiance is going to kill me because I only spent time with her for like twenty minutes when I got home in the middle of all this. But she gets it. That's why she's the one, right? I'm not saying all this so you pat me on the back. I'm just saying it to. I mean, this this is it. Like this is fun. Like this is why you get in this industry. Um, I mean, you're going on fumes a little bit. I'm tired, but like, I mean, how fun is this to go and do a show and talk about Tennessee football? just dominating um it's fun and this is why i do it i'm blessed and this is this is awesome stuff um covered a lot of bad football teams i'm not that old but this is certainly the best football team i've ever covered and a challenge awaits you know tennessee alabama we know how that story's gone in recent years so obviously we'll be mindful of that as we continue to break down this matchup but 
that's for later in the week. I'm just saying all this to say, what a fun weekend. What a blast. How much fun was that to be um, at the game, for myself speaking, covering that win and just taking that environment? I'll, I'll get more on that environment here in just a second, but uh, hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Obviously, if you're watching the show, you're a Tennessee fan, so I know you did. But anyway, big, big stuff. My big takeaways from this football game, number one, Austin Price said it on the two-minute drill post game when I did it with him. Um, and I, I couldn't agree with him more. I'm not trying to just take his work here, but it is what it is. Uh, he says, we need to start, meaning me and him and, and VolQuest and, and really anybody, we need to start acknowledging that this Tennessee team is a top 10 football team. I think for everybody that's kind of covered the program the last 10, 15 years or whatever, certainly if it's not been me, but I've covered it the last you know five years, you're scarred, right? You, you see all these wards. You see all the the, the ways Tennessee – um, you know, had promise and then it, and then it fumbled. Or uh, you were, you know, back in 2015 and 16, you started off really hot and then ended sour. Um, uh, you you had the stages set and you didn't come away. Like you, you have all those bad memories, and so you're a little jaded a little bit. But this is a good football team. A good football team does not go on the road and get up 37 to seven in the second half and win an SEC football game. Good football teams or bad football teams don't do that. This is a good football team. It's about time everybody starts acknowledging and really buying into the fact that are they are they top five? I don't know. Are they good enough to hang with Alabama? We'll find out. Are they good enough to beat Georgia? We'll find out down the line. But regardless of those outcomes, this is a good football team, and that's my biggest takeaway. This is not that I thought it was a bad football team, but this is the real deal. This is a top ten football team, Tennessee, and that just solidified it on Saturday, going on the road in SEC play and putting down the ass whooping. I mean that's. Sorry for my language. That's what it was. I mean, it was an ass whooping. It was. Again, earmuffs to those that children in the car. I apologize. Y'all know me. I don't use language, but that it is what it was. Like, I mean, that flat out was an ass whooping. I, there's no other way to describe it, right? Um, Tennessee's defense also take away. You knew it wasn't as bad as what it was against Florida. I'm not saying this is a good defense, but you knew it wasn't going to be as bad, especially the secondary, as it was against Florida. You give up 13 points. Job well done, right? You knew it wasn't going to be as bad as it was against Florida every single game. That is another big takeaway for me. Another takeaway, the defensive line. It is good. 27 tackles alone. I count the Leos in there. Was for Tennessee's defensive line against LSU. Fantastic. Stock up Tennessee's defensive line. It's it's playing good football. Um, And it's so... It, it's so impressive, too, because you're getting good play out of Bryson Easton, out of Dominic Bailey, out of Elijah Simmons, out of Karak Garland. It, it, it's it's strength in numbers there, but what Rodney Gardner's doing with that unit, really impressive. Stock up to the defensive line. And the off-to-tackle situation. No Gerald Mincy in this football game, yet you put up 40 points on the road in SEC play, and Jeremiah Crawford, along with a little, little splash of Dane Davis, did not back down from the challenge. Those two guys played well, filling in for Gerald Mincy, and we'll have to keep tabs and see if Gerald Mincy can get his starting job back. Stock up to that offensive tackle position who stepped up, uh, Rodney Garner, defensive line coach, and, of course, Glenn Ellerby, that offensive line coach. Tennessee showed out well, and also you showed out well. Those of you who were in attendance, I met, I talked to some of you guys who watched the show. I saw some of you guys on Saturday. A lot of you guys watching the show right now were down on the bayou as well. And I was on the field taking video as the as the clock hit zero. And man, what an environment. Um, Tennessee fans, I would say, probably stayed around. I mean, I'm not 
I have no way of knowing this, but I would say probably, you know, 12 to 15,000 fans stuck around and did the Tennessee waltz and, and stayed there and celebrated with the team. That was a great atmosphere. That's what winning programs are all about. And I was there with my phone. I captured a lot of video of that. That was that was really, really cool. The fans made their presence known in a big way on Saturday down at LSU. And I think it's a big reason why Tennessee was so good. I do. Congratulations to you guys. Those, those of you guys who made the trip. Of course, those of you guys sitting at home watching and stuff. I mean, you know, props to you as well because you guys ball out on Saturdays at Neyland Stadium. But those of you that made the trip, job well done, guys. That was fantastic. Uh, Tennessee moves up two spots to number six in the latest AP college football poll. Tennessee remains at number eight in the coaches poll. Alabama slips down in the AP from number one to number three, a four-point win uh, with a backup quarterback over Texas A&M, but it remains at number one in the uh, coaches poll. So for, you know, you probably won't like this, but I go by the AP. That's what I do. It's, I, I think there's a lot of flaws in both the coaches and the AP because the coaches actually don't vote on the coaches poll. And all the media that has an AP college football poll vote, you don't, not all, sorry, I'm generalizing here. A lot of you don't watch college football like you say you do. So each one has its flaws. I go with the AP. So for now on this week, it's going to be likely number six Tennessee against number three Alabama. But again, Alabama's Alabama. And Alabama still ranked number one in the coaches' poll. All right, the stage is set. College game day is coming back. A lot of you guys asked me, would there be a situation to where college game day would come back? And I kind of dismissed it. I mean, there's not a rule out there that says it can't come back, you know, twice in the span of four weeks. I, you know, I just didn't think it was a likely outcome. I knew, I knew this game would be the CBS 330 kick, and I kind of dropped that hint a couple of weeks ago. I knew they were coming back for CBS for that 330 kick. I didn't think college game day would come back. I knew SEC Nation would be here, but Lo and behold, Sunday they announced that College Game Day is coming back. SEC Nation is coming. Marty McGee is going to be here. CBS, 330 kicks, sold out crowd. Once again, the stage is set. What is Tennessee going to do with it against Alabama? We will discuss that matchup all week long, but now we're looking back at LSU. And I'm just realizing I'm wearing my <laughs> I'm wearing my yellow uh, PFG Columbia shirt. Apologies. Uh, kind of repping LSU covers here. Brian, sorry. I know I'm hurting your eyes if you're watching this right now. Uh, but nonetheless, it is. this is a Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Uh, those are my big takeaways, though. The fans, incredible. Off to tackle, did well. Defensive line, dominated this football game. Uh, the defense, you knew it wasn't going to be as bad as it was against Florida, but number one takeaway, treat this team like it's a top 10 football team because it is a top 10 football team no matter what happens against Alabama, no matter what happens against Georgia. This is one of the 10 best football teams in the country. It's proven it. It's it's time for me and a lot of other people who might be a little jaded to start buying into the fact that this is a good, good, good football team. Not just a good football team, but a good, good, good football team, right? That's one of my biggest takeaways, or that is my biggest takeaway from the weekend. All right. We've got scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Vols. But first, I want to remind you guys about one of our sponsors. That's would be Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn that trust or that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the number one thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe with my own home, all right? They protect you with cutting with cutting edge technology. And powered by two 24-7 professionals monitoring those uh, those uh, situations, uh, those agents who always, always have your back. Here's why I love it. 
Those 24-7 professionals monitoring Simply Safe's agents, they call you the moment a threat is detected and a dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every single room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat, <coughs> excuse me, when a threat is real. Even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Okay. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for uh, for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first first month for free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked On Vols. I am Eric Kane. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me here today. Recapping a 40-13 Tennessee dominant win on the Bayou over the LSU Tigers. I was super excited to go to this football game. I know it was 11 a.m. kick, but it got loud in there. Um, once Tennessee started kind of going up there and, and kicked that field goal, heading at a half at the goal of 23 to 7, a lot of those fans didn't come back to their seats, but it was a great environment. The press box, oh man, the press box was amazing. You had glass windows and doors. When you go on the other side of that, it's open air. You come back on the other side of it where all the drinks and the, you know, the stats and the papers and the resources, it's all air conditioning. None of you guys care about that, but man, it was amazing. Had a fantastic time down in LSU. Got to go to Bourbon Street as well. Saw some of you there. Don't even act like you weren't there. Saw some of you there. What an experience. Uh, I said uh, to my coworker, I said, hey, I don't care if you come or not. I'm driving the, because we're in Baton Rouge. I said, hey, I'm driving the hour and 15 minutes to Bourbon Street. I'm going to walk it a couple of times. I'm going to take in the environment because I don't know if I'll ever be back here. One of my coworkers said, Eric, if Tennessee wins tomorrow, meaning the LSU game, there is a really, really good chance they could potentially be back here in New Orleans and you could be here for a, a week <laughs> around the new year. So uh, maybe so, maybe so. But I took in Bourbon Street and uh, <laughs> uh, I was there kind of early in the night, obviously, like eight, nine o'clock. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> the scenes, uh, the smells, uh, the what I saw, <laughs> I mean, no, no laws, <laughs> no rules there. OK, it was it was it was fun. But uh getting cultured, getting experience. So uh, that's what that was. Hey, uh, we do it every single Monday right here on Locked On Vols. Scoring plays courtesy of the Vol Radio Network. I have written permission from the Vol Radio Network to use this audio in Locked On Vols, both uh, for YouTube as well as audio platforms. Want to put that out there right now. Uh, from the get-go, special teams setting the tone of the football game. The opening kickoff, it's muffed. Will Brooks recovers it, and Tennessee gets the football inside its own 30. It goes five plays, 27 uh, yards, takes a minute 13 off the clock. A one-yard plunge from Jabari Small, and Tennessee's on the board at the 13:46 mark of the first quarter. First and goal. 
Tennessee trying to take the lead on this opening drive. Hooker out of the shotgun. Hooker's going to give to his tailback and powering through for a Tennessee touchdown as Jabari Small. And the Volunteers cash in on that LSU mistake on the opening kickoff, the fumble, and they take it down the field for a score and lead 6 to nothing. Well, Tennessee comes back defensively, I believe gives up a first down, but then slams the door shut, uh, forces a punt, in steps in D. Williams, making his Tennessee debut. Shows you how good I am at my job. I said, hey, I can see him playing some defense. I don't know if he'll be back there snap number one on punt return. Uh, lo and behold, he only played three snaps defensively, which was abysmal. He needed to play more than that. Uh, but he was back there returning punts, and thankfully he was for Tennessee. A 58-yard punt return. Don't get tackled by the punter. What a great play. But if I'm a teammate in his locker room, if I'm one of his coaches, I'm giving him crap forever because he got tackled by the punter. But nonetheless, 58 yards. D. Williams on the punt return, giving Tennessee prime field position right there around the 30 as well. Tennessee needed four plays to go eight yards, a minute 23 off the clock. Didn't get in the end zone, but Tennessee does get points out of that kick, kick return, punt return. Chase McGrath from 35 yards to make it 10 to nothing. Kicking it right to left into a swirling breeze here at Tiger Stadium. Waiting for the snap is down. McGrath kicks it and kicks it right down the middle. And Tennessee has the ball twice and two scores here in the first quarter as the Volunteers jump out early on the Tigers. Later in the first quarter, Tennessee does go on a long, lengthy drive that ends in points as well. Uh, not a touchdown, but 68 yards on 11 plays, 322 off the clock. Tennessee gets three more points to make it 13 to nothing, courtesy of, again, super senior Chase McGrath, this time from 38 yards. Here's Bob Kessling of the Ball Radio Network. The market at the 28-yard line, so a 38-yard attempt for Chase McGrath to try and make it a 13-0 lead. Paxton Brooks puts it down. McGrath kicks on the way, and it's going to be up and good. All right, fast forward to later in the first quarter, kind of when the first quarter is turning into the second quarter. Tennessee's defense makes a fourth down stop. Aaron Beasley with the pop and the stop behind the line of scrimmage. Tennessee, a fourth down stop defensively, okay? And then Tennessee says, hey, let's take a shot here. Football 101, build on the momentum. You make a big stop, you create a big turnover, take a shot. What a dime. What a dime from Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt. 45 yards, beautiful throw, beautiful catch. Well, not really a beautiful catch, just great running to get under it. Into the end zone, Tennessee going up 20 to nothing on the 45-yard strike from Hendon Hooker to Jalen Hyatt. Hooker, play fake, going for it all. Long down the left sideline, the pass, in strike, caught, touchdown, Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt outruns the LSU secondary and catches a bomb from Hendon Hooker. Right on target, in stride in the end zone, 45 yards for a Tennessee touchdown as they celebrate right in front of the pride of the Southland band. What a throw, what a catch. Well, LSU finally gets on the board later on in the second quarter. It goes the length of the field, 96 yards on 12 plays. 514 off the clock. Here's one thing I will say. You never want to give up a 96-yard touchdown drive, but both times LSU got on the board, it went 96 yards and 92 yards. It literally had to drive the length of the field. Excuse me, it went 75 yards and 96 yards. It had to drive the length of the field to get in the end zone. So that's that's not for nothing for that Tennessee defense, but it is LSU getting on the board 
Uh, Jalen Will or Josh Williams uh, gets in from the one yard line at the 305 mark of the second quarter. It is 20 to seven. Now, uh, Tennessee makes another third down stop. It is fourth and 10 at the at their own 45. And Brian Kelly, again, already chose not to go for a field goal on the 10 yard line earlier in the first half. When Tennessee was just leading 10 to nothing, that was a boneheaded mistake. This one again, fourth and 10, not fourth and three, not fourth and two, not fourth and one, but fourth and 10 on your own 45 with minute 23 left on the clock, I believe. No, a little less than a minute and you go for it. Well, it fails. You remember Kentucky of last year, Tennessee needed 17 seconds to go four plays and to kick a, a field goal to get on the, get on the board right before the half ended. Tennessee did that again. Tennessee had chances to get on the scoreboard via a touchdown, but Hendon Hooker took that shot earlier in the quarter uh, whenever Dylan Sampson didn't see the blitzing corner, didn't even look. Hendon Hooker took a shot. Didn't quite look the same the next couple of plays after that. Missed twice really badly. One to Hyatt on the sideline, one to Fan over the middle of the field, but he does hit Brew McCoy down the middle of the field to get Chase McGrath into into field goal range. 32-yard field goal as time expires. Um kind of getting back to himself because he just missed via the upright from 50 yards. It would have been good from 60 yards, uh, but this time it is true. Chase McGrath as Tennessee heads into the halftime with a field goal. 23-7 to is the score after this Chase McGrath field goal. Here's McGrath from 32 yards out, the kick on the way, and this one is good. We talk about it all the time, the middle eight. You want to win the football game or you want to be great, win the middle eight. That is the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. Tennessee Got a field goal in the last four minutes of the first half. Got a touchdown in the first four minutes of the third half. That's a 10-0 swing, right? Jalen Hyatt, 14-yard touchdown reception, his second touchdown of the day. That makes it Tennessee 30-7 to just inside the second half. Here's what it sounded like on the Ball Radio Network. Hooker with two wideouts to the right. One to the left. Jabari Small and tailback. Hooker back to throw. Fires, slant pass. Touchdown, Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt. A 14-yard touchdown strike as Hendon Hooker, as usual, right on target. And Hendon Hooker hits Jalen Hyatt on the quick slant. And Tennessee now leads LSU 29-7 as the Volunteers score in their opening drive here in the third quarter. And again, they have silenced Tiger Stadium. Later in the third quarter, this caps a 92-yard eight-play drive, 319 off the clock. Great block from Jeremiah Crawford. Great seal from, I believe, Princeton Fant. And he goes untouched in the end zone. Five yards, and Tennessee is rolling 37-7 to at this point following this Jabari Small touchdown, his second of the game. Hand off Jabari Small, and he races in for another Tennessee score from the six-yard line, untouched over the left tackle. And Jabari Small powers into the end zone as Tennessee now leads LSU in front of a stunned Tiger Stadium crowd, 36-7. to well, again, that second touchdown I referenced from LSU going 75 yards. Keyshawn Booty, by the way, it's Booty. I've been saying Booty for the last week and a half. It's Keyshawn Booty, and uh, he has been awful this year so far. In my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in the country. He finds the end zone for the first time on the year. A five-yard touchdown pass from Jay Daniels. It makes it 37-13. to And then Tennessee milks the clock away. 8:47 off the clock. Tennessee gets a field goal. Tennessee gets points in the fourth quarter. Just under three minutes. Chase McGrath, his fourth field goal make of the day, this time again from 32 yards. It's 40-13, to 13 and Tennessee seals it. Brooks to put it down. Snap is good. Kick on the way by McGrath is right through the middle. 
So Tennessee gets to 40 points on the LSU Tigers. I say Tennessee seals it. Technically, LSU drove again and then threw an interception. Great athletic interception from Trayvon Flowers in the end zone there. Tennessee will come and take a knee, and then that's all she wrote. But that is what it sounded like, courtesy of the Ball Radio Network and Bob Kessling, uh, Pat Ryan, and Brent Hobbs. Appreciate them allowing me to share this audio. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. That's what it sounded like. What do the stats say? What does my grade book say? Kaner's grades. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Balls. Real quick, already forgot to plug it earlier in the show. Twitter Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Get me in your questions, comments, and concerns. We'll spend the entire show tomorrow if we need to. Twitter Tuesday mailbag coming up on tomorrow's Locked on Balls. Kaner grades and stats coming up next. But first, I want to remind you guys about a proud sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network and especially Locked On Balls. That would be our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online, it has got you covered. Number one source for football betting information this season. Find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis on every single game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every single sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, the playoffs are happening right now. The Atlanta Braves are trying to defend their World Series crown. The New York Mets are out. Sorry, not sorry. MMA, boxing, and golf. Head on over to betonline.net or use that mobile device to learn about all the latest trends and all the action. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Welcome back into your Monday edition of Locked on Vols. We got to be quick here because I have talked an awful lot. I know you guys probably don't care because it is Reactionary Monday. Tennessee is 5 0, 2 0 in SEC play, number six in the country, and will await to play number three in the AP Alabama, number one in the coaches. Both see, I got to throw in that number one somewhere, right? It just kind of hypes up the, uh, uh, the, the anticipation, but it's Alabama. Um, we know that this has gone one way for the last, well, however many years Nick Saban's been there, minus one. It is what it is. We'll get into that as the week goes on, but uh, CBS 330, College Game Day, SEC Nation, all that type of stuff, sold out crowd. It's all going to be there this Saturday at Neyland Stadium. All right. Looking back at the great sheet for Tennessee, total yards, 502 for the University of Tennessee. That is the eighth time in 17 opportunities, I believe, that Tennessee has surpassed 500 yards of total offense in the Josh Heupel era. Uh, 502 offensive yards on 77 plays, 6.5 yards per play for Tennessee. You had 355 yards of total offense for LSU on 73 plays, 4.9 yards per play. Uh, Tennessee was penalized 12 times for 107 yards. That's way too much. LSU was penalized nine times for 81 yards. Passing yards, Tennessee 239, 14.1 yards per completion, two passing touchdowns. LSU 300 passing yards, 9.4 yards per completion, and one touchdown. See, again, kind of getting into the secondary, talking about pass defense. I mean, from the get-go, LSU was down 14-0 so, or 10-0. So they were in a position where they had to throw the football all game long, right? And more importantly, they had to throw it because LSU was held to 55 yards on the ground. Stats are a funny thing, right? You can say, well, duh, Tennessee's great against the run because who would try to run it against them where they can just throw and get whatever they want to? Yeah, some of that may be true. Uh, but also, again, the status skew because LSU was throwing it like crazy in this football game because they trailed so much. But Tennessee... 55 yards surrendered on the ground, um, 1.7 yards per carry for running backs in this football game. Jaden Daniels ran the football for 38 yards. He was easily the leading rusher for LSU. He's the quarterback. 
man, Tennessee's rush defense was fan-freaking-tastic. 55 yards given up on two yards per carry overall. Tennessee, on the other hand, ran for 263 yards. I was really curious to see what the Tennessee run game was. Well, it performed well against Florida. It performed well against LSU. It will need to perform well against Alabama. We'll get into that later in the week. 263 yards on the ground for Tennessee's rush game. 5.4 yards per carry. How about that? Uh, Tennessee possessed the football, won the time of possession battle. Why? Well, because it held on to the football for eight minutes and 37 seconds in that fourth quarter or on that one drive in the fourth quarter, held on to the football nine minutes and two seconds overall in the fourth quarter. That was fantastic. 30 minutes and 23 seconds to Tennessee possessing the football. 29 minutes and 37 seconds did LSU. Tennessee was seven to 16 on third downs, six of six, excuse me, three of three on fourth down conversions. LSU with 7 of 15 on third downs, 0 for 3. Brian Kelly, you're an idiot on fourth down conversions. Uh, Tennessee accumulated five sacks for 34 yards loss on the day for Tennessee's defense. LSU did not have a sack in this football game and only had two tackles for loss. Again, stock up offensive line. How about that? Tennessee, Hendon Hooker did not have to be perfect in this football game. He was 17 of 27, two touchdowns, 239, completed 63% of his passes. Hendon Hooker gets a B for me, a B. He did not have to be Superman, okay? Tennessee was fine. Um, He missed on some throws. I know he got the crap beat out of him on that blitzing corner where he didn't even see it, fumbled it. Dylan Sampson, a heads-up play, gets it, nearly runs for a first down. But, hey, that was Dylan Sampson's man that he didn't even look over there to, to, to get. So learning experience for the freshman. Hendon Hooker gets a B. He wasn't bad. He wasn't as accurate, still made some great plays. Stat line looks good, but more importantly, he didn't have to be Superman. He gets a B, but another solid game for Hendon Hooker. Uh, Still no um, interceptions on the season, so uh, Hendon Hooker continues to do good work. The run game gets an A. A lot of that's with the offensive line, so we'll do this in tandem. The run game gets an A. Jabari Small has looked really good the last two weeks, which has been fantastic. 22 attempts, 127 yards, two touchdowns, 5.8 yards per carry for Jabari Small. Jalen Wright fumbled again and went out of bounds, but goodness gracious, he runs so hard and he looks so good, but you can't keep putting the ball on the ground. You just can't. He tapped out at 59 yards on 12 attempts, 4.9 yards per carry. Hendon Hooker also had 56 yards on the ground as well. Tennessee's run game, an A on 49 attempts, again, averaging 5.4 yards as a team. But why do you get an A? Well, it's because that offensive line gets an A. Again, Gerald Mincy, your starting left tackle, did not play in this football game. Jeremiah Crawford steps up. Dane Davis plays a little bit. He steps up as well. Tennessee did not allow a sack. Tennessee allowed only two negative plays all game long. And Tennessee was great for that run game that I just mentioned. The offensive line, 100%. We'll get into the nitty-gritty on who performed well in pass blocking and run blocking and who graded out well per pro football focus. That's coming up on Wednesday. But the offensive line, you get an A freaking plus. Uh, tight ends get an A. We're not, weren't very active in the passing game, but I thought blocked pretty well. But Josh Hopple continues to use those. Warren and Fant as uh, variables in his offense. Does a great job. You know, they didn't have a huge role in that regard, but I'll, I'll give them an A. I'm not going to punish you uh, because the offense had a great day overall. And then wide receivers get an A. I mean, Jalen Hyde had two touchdowns. He looked good, ran under just an absolute dart from Hendon Hooker. Brew McCoy had uh, over 100 yards, had 140 yards again, 70 yards after contact. Uh, the wide receivers get an A. So offensively, quarterback Hendon Hooker gets a B. Running backs get an A. Tight ends get an A. 
Wide receivers get an A. Offensive line gets an A+. Plus. Pretty good, a pretty good game offensively, right? Yeah, it was. It was indeed, and it took advantage of that special team's spark in the first quarter. Defensively, the defensive line, I'm including Leo's in this, an A. What a game. What a game for Byron Young, two and a half sacks. What a game for Roman Harrison, a sack and a, a tackle for loss, a, a tackle and a half for loss. Uh, Joshua Josephs had a sack in this football game. 27 tackles overall for the defensive line as a unit. Great, great job. The driving force and 55 rushing yards surrendered in the game. You get an AAA. Linebackers, I'll give you a B. I mean, you didn't play great. You didn't play horrible. Aaron Beasley had a really, really good game. He got nine tackles. Beasley, Mitchell, and Banks all kind of split. the. Uh, we'll get into that in the pro football focus, but they all played just about the same amount of snaps, somewhere in the 40s. Um, Aaron Beasley, the big fourth down stop was huge. Both Juwan Mitchell and uh, Jeremy Banks both had a, a, a pass breakup. They were better in pass coverage this week, though there was one critical third down in the first quarter where Juwan Mitchell didn't push to number three, and it's very frustrating. I'll give the linebackers a B. I thought you were okay, but Aaron Beasley, another really, really good game. Defensive backs, listen, you got thrown on for 300 yards, but again, it's skewed because LSU was throwing the football like crazy. You had an interception, then but not break many, many times. I thought um, Tamari McDonald had a better bounce back game. Uh, you get a B. You get a B. Point blank. I understand you got thrown out a little bit, but 13 points is all the defense gave up. 13 points, and they drove the length of the field. Defensive backfield, you get a B. Special teams, you get a freaking A. How about that? You needed this if you're Mike Eckler, right? You needed the punt team. It's not gotten many opportunities the last couple of weeks, but uh, you wanted Paxson Brooks to get a punt down inside the five-yard line. That happened. You wanted Paxson Brooks to average over 40 yards per punt. That happened. He averaged 41.5. Uh, you needed Chase McGrath to continue to build confidence. Sure, he missed a 50-yarder. Uh, it went off the right upright. That kick would have been good from 55 easily, but you made four field goals. You were four or five. You were good from 35, 38, 32, and 32. Fantastic work. And then, of course, on the opening kickoff, sure, they muffed it, but Will Brooks, you recovered it inbounds. Inbounds. Hey, special teams, A freaking plus. And then coaching, it's easy to coach whenever you got a lead, right? But when on my rewatch, and if you go to VolQuest.com and read my tape check article, the board post I posted on Sunday, I go into detail on a couple of the play designs that Josh Heupel called. Just beautiful. I'll give you one example right here, and I use this on the Rocky Top Rewind as well. It's fourth and two sometime in the second half, I believe, and Hooker sees, and, and, and Heupel knows this too. That's why he called it. Hooker sees that they're in man coverage, right? So you motion the running back, Jabari Small, out, outside. The middle linebacker follows him because he's in man protection. You take the H back, run him underneath, and you do a little shovel pass, a little Utah pass, for the first down. Beautiful, beautiful play design. Loved it. There are a couple more other situations and play calls in there in my article. You can check it out. Uh, but I thought I thought Josh Heupel, Alex Golish, very creative in the play designs. I thought Tim Banks was getting back to doing what to doing what this defense is best at, and it is twisting and looping and turning uh, up front, being aggressive. Thought the front seven played much, much better because they were playing more aggressive. So uh, defensive line gets an A. Linebackers get a B. Defensive backs get a B. Special teams gets an A+. Coaching gets an A. Offensive line, an A+. Wide receivers, an A. Tight ends, an A. Running backs, an A. And the quarterback gets 
a B. Those are the stats and the Kaner grades. All right, Monday shows are a whole lot of fun, especially when Tennessee plays like a winner, and there's a lot to talk about, and that was what this show was all about. Guys, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, as always. It never goes unnoticed, so you could be literally doing whatever you want to in the world, listening to whoever you want to, listening to music, to any other podcast, listening to the radio, you're watching TV, you are choosing to hang out with me here on Locked On Vols. Can't thank you enough for that. It means the absolute world. Now that you're done with Locked On Vols, make Locked On SEC your second listen with Chris Gordy. Plenty to talk about around the SEC. Make Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy your second listen right behind your first listen, which is Locked On Vols right now each and every day. Guys, thank you so much. Same time, same place, Twitter Tuesday. Get me in those questions, those comments, concerns all day tomorrow. It's when you take over the show. Twitter Tuesday coming up next on Locked On Balls tomorrow. Pull up a chair. We'll do it again. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, everybody.